Hi, I'm Miranda Wright with HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. For if after a person has escaped the pollution of the world, through coming to the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome by it, then the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness at all then, that for after they had known it, to turn from the holy commandment that had been delivered unto them. But when this happens, it has happened unto them according to the true proverb that reads, The dog has returned to his own vomit again, and the pig that was washed has returned to her wallowing in the muddy mire. Second Peter chapter 2, verse 20 through 22. In the book of Revelations chapter 2, Jesus warns us of his great disdain for the doctrine of Balaam. He gives a stern word to the church which calls itself by his name, who had allowed those who teach and preach this apostasy to be among them that they ought to repent very quickly of it, or else he himself will come and fight against them with the sword of his mouth. In other words, to preach this doctrine with your words or with your life makes you the enemy of the cross of Jesus Christ. Philippians chapter 3 verse 18 says, For there are many who walk among you, of whom I have told you often of, and now I tell you of them even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, and whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. So what could be so bad about this doctrine of Balaam that the scripture would label those who preach it the enemies of God? Well, for one, it entices, encourages, and excuses partnership with sinfulness and removes the need for repentance and obedience to God. It teaches rebellion, which the Bible says is the same as witchcraft. It is a tactic of the Antichrist spirit. In fact, it is the false prophet that prepares the way for it. Because the Bible says that in the last days, the Antichrist and his prophet will cause craft to abound. Witchcraft in the scripture is deception and manipulation. Paul cried out to the church of Galatia when he said, Who hath bewitched you that you should so quickly be removed from the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ that was once delivered to you? Therefore, as this doctrine stands in direct opposition to the teachings of Jesus, can we see that it is an operation of the Antichrist spirit entirely? In James chapter 4, verse 4, it says, Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whosoever therefore shall be a friend of the world or the things of it is the enemy of God. Do you think that the scripture saith in vain that the spirit that dwelleth within us lusteth to envy? 
But God giveth us more grace, whereby he saith that he resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. Submit yourself, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. You cannot follow the leading of both sin and righteousness. You will make yourself the servant of one of them. The Bible warns us that there is a spirit of Antichrist that works in the earth to fight against the will, the teachings, and the true followers of Jesus. Yet does it also warn us of a false prophet that works with him? The name that Jesus gives to this evil doctrine of demons that is so prevalently warned of in the New Testament by Jesus is the name of a false prophet from the Old Testament. So what exactly was his doctrine? Well, to sum it up, he taught a righteous people that it was okay to sin, that they would not be judged for it that they belonged to God and they were blessed and that nothing, not even sin and disobedience to God's instructions could change that. They did not think they could lose their right standing and therefore he taught them to indulge in that which separated them from God, his righteousness and his protection and brought upon them damnation as many of them died in their sins because of him. This is the doctrine that Jesus so hated and said very plainly was not his, but was the teaching of a false prophet, a wolf in sheep's clothing. So I warn you today, even as Christ, Jude, James, Peter, and Paul did, be cautious. Read the teachings of Jesus and just believe him. Not the twisting of a wolf in sheep's clothing trying to make you comfortable, staying in the sin and bondage that Christ suffered so much to free us from, and in doing so, blaspheme the very Spirit of grace, which is His Holy Spirit, which is holy and teaches all men who truly receive it to be holy like He is. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 16, we read the words of God himself when he decrees, Be ye holy, for I am holy. Titus chapter 2 verse 11 says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation hath appeared to all men. Everyone has the opportunity to receive of it. But what does it do if you truly have it? It says it teaches them to deny all ungodliness and worldly lusts that they should live soberly, righteously, and godly right now in this present world, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, that he might redeem us out of all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. These things are we to exhort others of, to rebuke those who speak against Against with all authority and let no man despise you for it. In 2 Peter chapter 2, the entire chapter is a warning against this doctrine of Balaam 
It is laid out very plainly when the warning is given that there will be false prophets among the people who shall bring in damnable heresies. And many people will follow them and their self-serving ways. That by them, those who walk in obedience to the teachings of Jesus will be spoken against as though they do some evil thing. They will be called legalistic. They will be called Jesus freak. They will be called radical. They will be made to seem to be some ungodly thing for simply trusting in their king. This all comes from the teachings of this doctrine of Balaam. It says, and through covetousness or the desire of gain, selfishness, popularity, attention, finances, indulging in worldliness, shall they with frame and flattering words make merchandise of your soul. In other words, they're willing to sell your soul to hell for profit. They'll say what you want to hear just to get your tithe, just to get you to buy their book, but they won't tell you what you need to hear to save your soul from hell. It says these people, their judgment now for a long time lingereth and their damnation slumbereth not. God will judge them for this. He takes it very serious. In fact, this is the very reason that judgment begins in the house of God. It's to deal with the Balaam's. The passage goes on to warn of all of the times that God did not turn a blind eye to others who walked out of the truth and into sin. He said, for God did not even spare the angels that sinned, but cast them down into hell, delivering them into chains and darkness to be reserved unto judgment. He did not spare the entire old world, but saved only Noah out of it, who was a preacher of righteousness, but rather turned the judgment of a flood upon the world of the ungodly, he turned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ash, making them an example unto those who should come after. My friend, this is in the New Testament. And he's saying that these things that happened in the past were for our example, that if we do the same as they did, then we will face a judgment for it. He said Sodom and Gomorrah even was an example for us who come after them in case we should think we can live ungodly. It says he did not spare Sodom and Gomorrah, but only Lot out of it because he preached righteousness. It says that God knows how to deliver the righteous and godly out of these wrathful situations. But for those who choose to walk in sin, once they have a knowledge of the truth, like we read in the beginning, there remaineth no more sacrifice for them, they will be judged for their sin, for they have trampled underfoot the blood of Jesus and determined that it was not worthy or holy or able to deliver them out of the snares of wickedness. It says these people, they walk after the desires of their flesh in the lust of uncleanness. They despise the authority of God. And do not obey his commandments. They do not do his will nor obey his words and teachings. It says they are presumptuous. They are self-willed. They are not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Those that are walking in obedience to Jesus. 
It says, whereas angels which have much greater power and might than they do will not even dare to bring a railing accusation against these men and women of the Lord. But these, as brute beasts, speak evil of the things which they do not understand. Because of it, they shall receive the rewards of unrighteousness. Just like those who count it a pleasure to riot in the daytime, spots they are on your wedding gown, blemishes upon the bride of Christ, sporting themselves in their own deceivings while they feast with you, having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, hearts that desire to exercise covetous practices, cursed children. Because that they have forsaken the right way, following after the way of Balaam, who loved the wages of unrighteousness. For when they speak great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh those that had been clean escaped from it. These were a people who once were saved, but now they are lost and they are encouraging others that it's okay to walk in sin and wickedness so that they lure away those who had been clean. Listen to what this is saying. For when they speak their great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh those that had clean been escaped from it while they promise them liberty, right? Telling them that you can do whatever you want. They themselves are the servants of corruption. For of whom a man is overcome, of the same he is brought into bondage. For if after they had escaped the pollutions of this world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome by it, then the latter end of them is worse than the beginning. For it had been better for them to not have even known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it is happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit, and the pig that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. My friend, let no man or no Balaam deceive you. The Bible is very clearly, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 9 says, Know ye not that unrighteousness will not inherit the kingdom of God. Be not deceived. Neither fornicator, nor idolater, nor adulterer, nor homosexual, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, neither thieves, nor drunkard, nor reveler, nor extortioner shall inherit the kingdom of God. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 3 says, But fornicators and all uncleanness and covetousness, let it not be named once among you, if you are truly saints, neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which is not convenient, but rather give thanks. For this ye know, that no whoremonger, nor unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater shall have any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ or of God. Let no man deceive you with vain words. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God comes upon the children of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them, or you will face the judgment with them. I don't care what words you have spoken. The question is, did you really believe Jesus? I don't care what somebody told you. The question is, did you really believe Jesus? 
Because if we're saved by grace through faith, then did you have faith? Did you trust what Jesus had to say? When Jesus says that we have to forgive and cannot carry any offense, did you believe him? When Jesus said that we have to do the will of the Father and walk away from unrighteousness, did you believe him? When Jesus said you had to deny yourself, pick up your cross, crucify your flesh, and trust what he says, did you believe him? Did you have faith? Because the word of God says that Jesus is coming back. And the question that he has is, will there be faith on the earth? Did you listen to the wolves in sheep's clothing, the Balaams, who said it was okay to stay in your worldliness? Or did you open the word of God, read it, believe it, and put your faith in the teaching and doctrine of Jesus? So I leave you today with the words of Christ himself in Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 13, when he said that we ought to enter in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction. You see the easy way, the broad way, the wide way, the way that most people are taking, it's going to lead you straight into destruction. He says, many there be that go therein. This is a very sobering thing, my friend. Many, that means most people who think they are going to heaven are actually going to miss it. They're on the wide road, the easy path, the self-pleasing path. The ones that the Balaams are laughing as you pass them as they make millions selling your soul to hell for profit, like Jesus warned us. He says, because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that truly find it. Beware, he warns us, this is not the words of a man, a pastor, a preacher, or a prophet. This is the words of Jesus Christ himself, the one who will judge us. He says, beware of the false prophets which come unto you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravaging wolves. You shall know them by their fruits. In other words, what does their life produce? Does it produce holiness? Does it produce the fruits of the Spirit? Does it produce the character of Jesus? He says, because every tree that does not bring forth good fruit is cut down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you will know them, because not every person who saith unto me, Lord, Lord, who calls me their Lord and professes me as their Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. But only he that doeth the will of the Father which is in heaven. For many will say to me on that day, many, again, the same many that were on the broad way. These ones who thought they were going to heaven, but they weren't. They missed it because they followed the teachings of the Balaams. This many will stand before him and say, Lord, Lord, have we not done many wonderful works? And he will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You are still working iniquity. It doesn't matter how many good things you did. You never turned away from your sin. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat upon that house and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. This is the teaching and doctrine of Jesus. 
that you must repent or you will perish. That you must choose to turn away from your sin in faith. Come to him. Ask for forgiveness. Ask to be cleansed by the blood of Jesus. Ask to be filled with his Holy Spirit. Ask to be given the grace and the power to overcome the enemy. This grace that has been given to teach us to live godly in this present world. For if the same power that raised Christ from the dead lives inside of your mortal body, then shall anything be impossible? Shall anything be too hard? If it overcame death, hell, and the grave, then surely your sin or temptation is an easy thing to be overcome. He has made a way of escape from it, but you got to come and ask him for it. You've got to believe that he can do it. You've got to come by faith. Before he releases the grace, you've got to believe that he is God and that nothing is too hard for him, that nothing is stronger than him. Because if you truly believe this, then you will seek him and you will find him and he will release the grace to walk in overcoming victory. The Bible says that without faith, it is impossible to please God, but that those who come to him must come believing that he is God, which means that he has all the attributes of God, which means that nothing is stronger than him, that nothing is too hard for him, that nothing is impossible for him. And if you truly believe this, you will seek him. It says that you will know that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. If you seek, you shall find. If you ask, you shall receive. If you knock, the door will be opened unto you. The reality is, is that the doctrine of Balaam preaches unbelief. It says that the blood is not enough to free you from the chains of the enemy. It says it's okay for you to continue in your sin. You will never be free from it. When Jesus said he came to overcome it. It is defeated. It is finished. It is under the feet of Jesus. Do you believe this? This message was brought to you by HOWC Ministries. To learn more about our ministries, please visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.